Welcome to the Performance Health Podcast. My name is Tim Karam. Today we have a special episode. We're going to go through the Iron Cats Seminar, which I will be speaking out on April 22nd, 2023 at the University of Arizona. I brought on Alex Caro and Jim Crumpos, the coaches over at University of Arizona who are putting on the clinic. We thought it would be a great opportunity to break down setting up a clinic from start to finish. What are the things you need to know? What are the things that you should think about? What are some aspects of that are really challenging as well as if you were interested in doing it, why and what you should be thinking about in terms of bringing in speakers. Amazing conversation, highly recommend it. We're gonna put the link to register in the notes. I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this. Head over to phpodcast.com to register as well and learn more. All right, here we go. We got Coach Alex, Coach Jim from the University of Arizona. We got a really cool event coming up here in April, uh, the Iron Cats strength conditioning seminar where they asked me to come in and speak. So I thought this would be a cool opportunity to kind of dive in and hit some areas that I don't think is talked about a whole lot about setting up a seminar and going through all the process from A to B and actually getting to that point and all the things you got to consider from sponsors and maybe clearing it through the athletic department on what can you use the weight room for the day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this would be a cool platform to talk about just the challenges of setting up a seminar and what are the things that we've all kind of learned from that and kind of using this as an opportunity to talk about the seminar, but also to talk about how to set one up ourselves. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with you, Alex. Why don't you give a quick background on yourself and then uh, we'll go to Coach Jim here next. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Alex Curro. This is my going into my second year here at U of A. Um, previously, I was uh, at University of Central Florida for four years. Um, I did internships at some other different places over each summer. So I was at Villanova, I was at Florida, University of Kansas, um, and then Arizona, which was, you know, kind of my link back over here. Um, and then I did my grad assistantship at Florida State. And then now I'm going to my, like I said, my second year here at Arizona. Um, and it's actually funny enough, the conference was the first place that I actually met Jim. And so that kind of hooked me up with the internship. And then, you know, years later now, I'm here as a full-time guy, so. Good, and there we go, right? Enough, enough reason to find some new hot talent out there. Coach Jim, why don't you hit yourself, <laughs> go over yourself a little bit. Uh, yeah, thanks, appreciate it. Like I said, like Alex said, I'm uh, happy to help and be here. Uh, Jim Krumpos, um, the Associate AD of Performance here at the University of Arizona. Uh, been here off and on since the late 90s, but been back here uh, in a consecutive time period since 2013. Um, so I oversee, you know, the entire strength staff and then uh, have a couple teams that I work with uh, individually. And um, yeah, I just really enjoy at this point in my career trying to better the field and, and trying to, to, to make coaches better. And, and I think really try to help them navigate, kind of like we talked about, uh, you know, navigate the field of, of college strength conditioning. Yeah. yeah. So, Jim, why don't we go off of, you started this a couple of years ago and, you know, when you were thinking about going about this, did you have experience at other universities where you've run seminars or was this something that you wanted to give a shot at University of Arizona? Yeah. You know, it's a funny story. We, we initially, this group kind of organically because we initially had this uh, and we could talk about this too. We initially wanted to get a strength conditioning camp going. Uh, we saw all these different, sports at the University of Arizona, you know, making pretty good money, having camps. 
and we thought, man, there's just not a ton of, it's Tucson, Arizona. So it's a pretty big town. There's a million people, but it's not like some of these towns that have a ton of performance centers and that type of thing. So we thought, man, we, we could really do well with the strength and conditioning summer camp. And so as we were trying to navigate that and gain interest in that, um, we thought a great way to gain interest in that would be to have a seminar and, and have a, a coaching clinic where we just kind of really got out in front of the community, uh, local high school, middle school coaches, strength coaches, maybe even personal trainers or, or whatever, people working at CrossFit gyms and those type of things in the community to let them see our facility, see what we are offering a little bit, um, you know, guide them a little bit, give them something to out of it. But really we were trying to attract people and, and we even opened it up to parents and whoever that first year, like, just come check it out. We didn't pay, we didn't charge anything. We just were trying to get interest um, for our summer strength and conditioning camps. And that's how it began. Um, and that's, you know, that was like, we talked, like, like you talked about, like that's where we started the learning process of like, what does this look like? What does it look like to actually do the camp and also the clinic and um, starting through the whole process of putting it together. Um, so that's really how it started. What was the, uh, so I'm assuming you guys didn't do the actual training camps. What was the big reason why you kind of didn't go in that direction or am I wrong on that? No, we ended up doing it. We ended up doing it for okay. about, we did the, the, the camps about four years and you know, it was really interesting because what we found ultimately was we really thought that this would be attractive to high school athletes, right? Like you're getting ready to go to college, um, come train at the same facility that these college athletes are training at, be under the supervision of people that are, you know, have master's degrees and years of experience training high level athletes and those type of things. And, um, we really ran into a couple problems. We ended up doing about four or five years and we ended up making, I really wanted it to be a way to, to, to get some extra income for my staff. I was, I never had grandeur ideas that this was going to be a huge moneymaker for myself. It was more to help, so, you know, supplement the income of the staff. We ran into a couple issues over time that we had to navigate in, in, First one was just the time. Um, one of the things that most of the summer camps do is it's it's babysitting, right? You can go to the swim camp all day and it's eight to five. You go to the, the softball camp and it's eight to five. We didn't want to get into that. We didn't want to have to be around the, and we didn't have access to, we couldn't have the facility off limits for everybody else for eight hours a day too. Like we still had our teams that were training here in the summer. Um, so we had to be, we had to navigate that point. So when you, when you start saying, okay, you're just going to do two hours a day for your camp and you're going five days a week or four days a week, okay, it's easy to fill that time with strength, conditioning, plyos, whatever, education, nutrition, that kind of stuff. But when, when do you do it that works well for the parents? Um, so figuring out that time frame. And also when do you do it where you don't have your staff that in the summertime, that's our kind of time to not work. 15 hour days, we can work normal kind of six to eight hour days and not burn out your staff in the time of year that um, they get out, they get out of here earlier, not having them here till nine, 10 o'clock at night, you know? So um, navigating that, navigating parking, um, you know, we are a major university. There's 50,000 students here. It's not like you, it's easy to navigate and get to the weight room, uh, unfortunately. And then navigating, like I, like I mentioned earlier, the high school kids are all training with their sport coaches or at their high school for the summertime for the most part. And so we kind of missed the ball the first year, the first two years, really trying to 
target them, it, we really found out that the majority of our campers were middle school kids, um, kids that were just getting into strength and conditioning. Parents saw the need and they knew there was a need for that, but also um, they didn't have a and they wanted to do it and do it correctly and learn from learn it correctly and not just get crushed. You know, it's not hard to bury someone like we all know, but to, to actually have a plan and to progress them and help them be a better athlete. And um, w- what we ran into a little bit also, too, that we're fighting was that the, the parents are already paying for baseball camp for all these other camps. And there's only so much disposable income for your kids in camps. And ultimately, most of the parents are going to choose to t- send them to showcases or, you know, their sport camps more than the strength and conditioning camp. And so a lot of it was figuring out, well, what's the price point that we can do that we can get enough people that we can provide value, but also not make it so inexpensive that it doesn't, there's a price point where, you know, this, if you go too cheap, then people are like, oh, that's not worth anything. Right. So figuring out that price point. So, you know, when we started that, that was back in 2015 and, um, as I was going through the internet trying to find other universities and other people that were doing summer strength and conditioning camps, it was interesting because like everything I found was date was dated. There was nobody that was really currently doing it. And I imagine that most of the people ran in the college setting ran into these similar issues. Um, oh, navigating. Yeah. So we did end up doing it. And, and, but, um, so the, the clinic really developed over the years from trying to, to get people to the, to the camps to, all right, Let's just get, let's just do something. Let's not talk about the same old sets and reps. Not just put an Excel file up on a PowerPoint and go through sets and reps and progressions. Let's try to touch on things that uh, maybe aren't being talked about at the national level. Let's try to keep it a more um, intimate environment. And let's just try to bring a lot of good strength coaches that we all are connected with into one place and, and develop something that not only is there a curriculum, but you're just learning a lot being around these people in an intimate environment for a couple of days. You know what I mean? You, you always learn a lot at the national conferences too, just in between sessions, but there's just so many people, right? And, and you're just like, you're catching up half the time and you don't really get that um, kind of where it's slowed down and you can really dig in and, and do what we all want to do is talk shop. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I got a good question for you. What number seminar at University of Arizona that you you go to? Was it the third, third one, the second one? And then what was the reason behind that? Were you looking to kind of create a network or did you just want to go and learn? Yeah, so I believe, Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the third one, potentially. It was 2019. So um, that was the third one. The reason I went there was because my old boss at UCF was actually – a co-worker of Jim's when he was at Miami. So Jim had men's basketball and then Alex, my boss had women's basketball. And so through that connection, he was, Alex was already going to go out there. And the previous year I had gone to that, the national conference and kind of like Jim said, like it was great experience. You know, I learned a lot, you know, being in that giant environment of everybody in the field basically. And, um, and going to the, going into the seminars and and so forth. Um, But I kind of wanted to mix it up the following year and, you know, I funnily enough was 
So the first time I met Jim was at the conference, but I had had a phone call with him my freshman year of college because I was looking for that first internship where I ended up going to Villanova. I was going to initially go to potentially go to Arizona because, you know, like that same connection. But at that point, I mean, I was you know 18 years old. I, I didn't have a way to get my car out there. I didn't think it was really logistically feasible. So I always had the Arizona in the back of my mind. Um, and then Alex said that he was going out to the conference that year in 2019 and he had, he let, he let me know and um, I wanted to go with him. So I ended up going to, to that conference as well as uh, Kansas's, which was the place that I was going for my internship that following summer. Um, so, yeah, so I, I ended up going out there and, and meeting Jim and meeting all the other, uh, staff members and everybody else that came there um, and kind of like Jim had said it it was really great because it does have that contrast of the national conference with so many people and then you have that that really intimate uh, interaction with with all the other coaches that are there um, because it is a, a lot slower pace so that was really great because then I got to you know meet Jim I got to meet most of the staff that was there was the same staff that I ended up working for in the following spring and it kind of broke the broke the ice between Jim and I. And then when I was looking for my undergraduate internship in the spring, it was, it was pretty seamless, you know, Hey, could I come out and intern? And there, there we are. That's awesome. So Jim, I kind of want to start from the beginning, right? So I think you guys probably started working on this probably last fall. Uh, Walk me through now, this is fifth, sixth time you've done this. You start, okay. November hits. Alex, staff, let's start getting our like ducks in order here. Who do we want to speak from A all the way to when we get to our seminar here in April? You know what the process is and how you're chipping away at this big, pro- big overall project. Relatively speaking to your other full time job, by the way. Yeah, right. Uh, well, first of all, it, it starts with setting your dates, right? Like, when are we going to do this? Um, and even right off the bat, we didn't want to compete with the national clinics mm-hmm. and we didn't want to compete with summertime plans because um, for most of us, it's like most of the attendees now, that's when they're getting out and doing stuff. Um, is that going to be a problem with the emails in the background there? Nope, nope. I don't see a thing. Okay. You're doing great. Um, so setting the dates. So then you kind of go like, well, now, especially, you know, even – whatever that was seven, eight years ago. Now the final four start having a strength and conditioning camp as well. Um, so, and, and, and I was pretty connected in to the basketball world. And so some of my friends in the basketball world, now you're going like, well, we can't expect them to do something back to back weekends. So we got to kind of give us a little bit of distance from the final four weekend. And then we also have to make sure that we're not buttoned up too close to the CSCCA clinic. Right. So there's a really small window there. And then we also have to check at the university because we're using university facilities. What events do we have going on as a university? We do like a spring fling carnival. It's the largest student run carnival in the country here. Um, there's numerous sporting events that time of year. So you got to narrow it down and, and kind of pick a weekend. And then you got to ask for approval to use these facilities that weekend to be able to pop the doors that weekend and allow people to get into your facility to figure out parking for that weekend. Um, so setting the dates is the, is the first thing. Um, so once you have the date set, then you start to go through, okay, so how are we going to do this with speakers? And I think, you know, we're still, you know, this will be the fifth one. We were, we tried to do one and 
2020, that got canceled, obviously, last minute because it was in April. Um, but, you know, unless you have a big pool of money like a national organization, you got to kind of figure out, OK, you know, there's we want to have something really quality. And initially, you know, back when we first started this, we just utilize our staff members and university, other people that uh, maybe we have like a leading sleep expert on campus that we had come speak, or maybe your sports psychologist, like just people that would really just kind of want to get their name out there a little bit, maybe and present. And that wasn't going to cost us a lot financially. Right. Um, and so at, over time, we try to add more and more national level speakers, but then you, there is a budget, right? You can't just, you don't have the, the ability to bring in uh, wh- whoever, you know, Mike Boyle and, you know, Alvar Meal and all these different people. So you got to kind of pick and choose. And what I did, you know, after the first couple of years was just with the speaker lineup, um, calling in some favors of some colleagues that, that are pretty well known that would say, Hey man, I would love to do that for you. Just, just, you know, make sure it doesn't cost me anything. Right. Like yeah. just put me up, get me out there. Um, and then I also wanted to use it as well for continued, um, development of current staff like you should present at something right we all go through that it's not a lot of fun developing a a presentation that you know a lot of people are going to question or you know talk talk about in a negative way when it's over or agree with um and you also want to put your best foot forward but then everybody's kind of hesitant to really put something out there that they think sets them apart from everybody else right it's this it's this fine line of all that so um once you then he starts, like I said, you get the dates and you start calling around and figuring out with your staff. Okay, what do you think about this person? What are some topics that you guys want to learn about? You know, this is you know we have thirteen staff members here. I want them all to be excited about who we're bringing in too. Um, and, and maybe there is a certain uh, um, topic that we're all trying to learn more about, whether it's you know I don't know, load management or whatever. That okay, so we'll kind of tailor one of the speakers to that, um, and then. Once you kind of I, once you get a pool of people, you got to start reaching out, um, and you have to be really proactive. If it, like I said, I knew that this is early in the fall. We start getting our speaker list together, and you got to start contacting people because anybody that's good is going to be busy, right? And um, you got to give them as much advance notice as you can. And also, you once you get into like late in the fall, then it's holidays. Everyone's crazy. And then by the time the holidays calm down and you start the semester, if you're reaching out to people, then it's already too late, right? Everybody's already kind of had their plans for the spring. So you, you get your speakers, you get them invited. You usually have a couple of different options. Even, you know, you, you're going to probably have at least one or two more speakers that you're actually planning on having, just knowing that some of those might not pan out for one reason or another. Um, and then you got to figure out, well, how are you getting the messaging across to these speakers, right? Like, how are you, Get, or getting the message out there in the community. Who's your target audience? Um, initially, when we started doing this camp, we just did so many blanket emails to all the high schools in the area, all the all the strength staffs um, in a in a four state radius. Let's say you know uh, you know social media as much as you can, but then it's like, well, how many people are really following the Iron Cats account or my own personal account, right? Um, but you just try to get the messaging out there and it just takes years of doing it to build momentum. That's, that's the biggest thing that we found, um, 
so then once you get your speakers lined up, you get the dates lined up, then it's like, okay, well, what does this look like financially? And then you start reaching out to people that that you purchased equipment from or that you um, would be interested in sponsoring. And then you're giving them a a half hour or 45 minutes of the presentation. You know, you always got to, you come up with a plan, right? A lot of them will say like, okay, that sounds good, but what is your packages? Like, what does that look like? You know, and because, Anybody that's doing this at a high level already has that all th- thought of it. You go, oh, I didn't even think of that, right? Anybody at a high level says, okay, for $1,000, you I'm just throwing a number out there, you get a 45-minute presentation and we will – and you get to bring um, whatever, 50 handouts and we'll hand those out to all the attendees, right? For $2,000, you get you know maybe two-hour presentation and um, – Whatever. And so just working through that, working through the sponsors. And we've had some sponsors that are just okay with a, a, a smaller donation. And they're they're just going to give you some flyers and make sure you mention them and make sure, you, you know, kind of like they do at, at a lot of clinics. And other other people will say, hey, we're not only we'll, – we'll sponsor a speaker. We're going to have whoever that works for our company who's a well-known name come out and, and do a presentation. So that, then you kind of go, okay, cool. That kills a couple different different uh, birds with one stone. Uh, so th- that's the way to, to get that done. Then once you get your speakers lined up and you start to get your sponsors lined up and th- all this takes a lot of communication, a lot of back and forth, um, figuring things out. And then you start to like figure out like, okay, well, if people are going to come, how do I accept payment? Right. How do I set this payment? up? So at the time, initially for my first three clinics, I already had purchased a URL and purchased a system to um, accept payment for my summer camps. Right. And so I piggybacked off that and made a Web page in conjunction with that URL that also received payments, but then they're also taking what? A cut of those payments, right? Like one of the hardest things to figure out is how do you accept payments across the country? Um, and there's not a lot of ways to do it. And, and everybody's taking a cut when you do it like that, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's taking a cut. The QuickBooks is taking a cut. The, the, the company is accepting the payments, taking a cut, you know? So um, then you really, have to start to think about, okay, well, now we have the speakers, we have a way to take payment, we have the presentations out. How are we organizing this? What is the itinerary, right? What, how do we, when do we want people to start? You don't want to do it too early necessarily. You don't want to do it too late in the day either. Um, you have to allow people to get in and out of town. Do you do a two day? Do you do a three day? You know, how long do you want it to be? Um, do you have the ability to do, is it just going to be sitting down and looking at PowerPoints all day or is there going to be an interactive component yeah. uh, or is there going to be a combination of both? So getting that itinerary and then once you get the itinerary set up, now you start reaching out to uh, CEU organizations and having them go over it and submitting more money to them to get it accredited uh, and going through that back and forth process. So that people can get accredited CEUs for attending this, and kind of all of this continues to progress, in and need weekly attention from the moment you get the date set and your speaker set until the day of the camp. Um, and then, as you probably know, nobody registers until like the day before, two days. Mm-hmm. Before. 
So if you have a lot of people that are saying, oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there through email or text or whatever, but you don't have any money there, right? So you're going to have to have some money on the front end to pay for flights, to pay for all these CEU requests, to pay for, to rent the facility, even though I'm doing this at my own university, we have a policy where there's a, there's a facility rental free that any outside company, and this is, a, I have to, you, that's another step, right? Like you are going to probably have to have an LLC or another company or a company to set up to, to, to deal, deal with all the 1099 forms you're going to have to send out to your speakers if you're paying them over that $600 amount to manage all the finances of this, to be on the up and up with my own university because you're, they're only going to rent that to a company. They're not going to rent it to me individually. There's state issues and tax issues of all that too. So you got to have a, a you got to have that figured out before you even start all of this. And so all that kind of stuff is just continuing to morph and progress. And then, um, you know, maybe some of your sponsors change their amounts or change what they're doing and then speakers pull out last minute or you're making adjustments here and there. So all that stuff is something you're going to have to put some time in every week. And I, and I know even talking, because I've spoke at some high school clinics and uh, some pretty high level high school clinics in Texas and even um, for the Rocky Mountain High School Strength. And, it, and it's those guys by the time the, 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 the guys that are hosting these things, by the time it's done, they are pretty exhausted, man, because now you also have to figure out, okay, so now I'm getting these speakers in town. I got, I got to figure out where they stay, right? Maybe it's your buddy or whatever can stay at your house. But most of these guys, you're trying to do right by them. You're trying to get them a hotel room. You're trying to figure out now coordinate. All right, well, how am I getting them from the hotel to the, to the conference? You know, how am I getting the food to the conference? You know, so just figuring out a lot of these logistical things. Man, um, I got a I got a, a good follow up question for you, Coach. But I'm gonna go to Alex here next. So it's fall. Coach Jim walks in and says, "All right, we got our annual seminar coming up. Let's start thinking about some speakers. How much are you trying to really push the envelope of like, let's get outside the box here. Let's break off the the traditional person. Let's get like someone we're not even thinking about that I've been diving into, really trying to lean in on this from you and the staff." to coach Jim to say like, let's really try to push the envelope here. Or is there an element of on your end, like actually I still got a lot to learn. I really want to learn from these time tested proven methods. Like, are we getting weird with it? Or are we getting like pretty standard? Like we need to focus on the basics here. Like what are you getting on a hill for, for you, for in your end? Yeah. So uh, first things first, like when we, when we've had our initial meeting as a staff about this, it was just kind of really just throwing names out there, just people that you follow, people that, you know, are putting out interesting information. Um, and I know in the past, you know, this is my first time organize, helping organize the clinic because this is our first one in a couple of years. And um, I got here not too long ago. Um, one thing that I know has been said that has evolved is the fact that we want to move a little further away from the X's and O's because there's so many of those presentations of people, you know, flexing their knowledge muscles of like, you know, how smart they are and how scientific they can get um, and really providing some practical information. And so, like I said, in that first meeting, we're talking about, you know, who are some people that you follow? Who do you find inter find interesting? What are you learning about right now that you find really interesting and who's providing that information? Um, and so we just started throwing some names out there. Um, 
you know, I'd thrown your name out there because I had followed your stuff for quite some time. Um, and it's really just kind of connections too, like, like Jim had said, as far as getting people that, you know, that have good information to provide or that you're really interested in. Um, so like, for instance, for you, like I interned w- when I was at Florida, one of the guys that was there, Ryan Hornstra, we used to work for you years back. And so he had first got me onto your stuff. And then I saw that you were putting out strength deficit and your pH podcast. And in that sense, I was like, man, this stuff's great. Like let's try to get him out there. And I think also regarding, you know, like you said, trying to push the envelope a little bit, not always getting the same people that that speak at the same conferences every single year and provide the same exact information. Um, So trying to find some unique stuff from some unique people and then, you know, just reaching out to them, seeing, seeing what, if they would be able to do it, um, if they're, if they're willing to do it. um, And then just at that point, just kind of the ball gets rolling and then they show up. Yeah, because it's a fine line, right? I mean, Coach Jim, you know, this is a product. You're trying to sell something that's interesting and compelling, but you want to be self-serving as well, where you have this, hey, I need to get people in from the outside and be attracted to vendors and be attractive to everyone so we're not eating a bunch of money on this. But, hey, if I can kill two birds with one stone and getting my staff really psyched up and fired up because of all the work that's going to go into it, everything you just mentioned, it's got to have some bigger payoff than just money where your staff walks away and they're immediately better. Like, thank God we do that. We have to keep doing that because that makes our staff hungrier and better. But I would come back and say, and this was the question I have for you, uh, Coach Jim, on this like idea of, you know, at what point, and you can answer this however you like, is it too much? Is it like, it's not worth it anymore. It's just, it's not fun. It's not interesting. It's like just a lot of work, a lot of got to get LLC. I got to collect payment. I'm basically just this concierge event planner that I never really wanted to be. Is there a point where you go, I'm showing my hands up. I'm tired of doing this. I think that if I didn't have the support and the help of people like Alex, so I kind of just put some of the work on the staff too. I don't try to do all of it myself. And I think if you try to do all of it yourself, like I, like I mentioned earlier, some people that do it, like, you know, they might be doing it at their high school where they're the only strength coach. So they're the only ones doing this, right? Like, um, and then Rob, Rob Harris, who's going to be one of the presenters, like he was really my right hand man for the first three or four years of this and put a lot of time into this himself um, and really helped me out with this and, and was able to figure out how to get the CEUs, right? You know, I didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to do it. You have to go through this process, um, you know? So yeah, you gotta, if you're doing it all yourself, I think it could become overwhelming really quickly. Um, and I also think, you know, for me, one of the things that keeps me going is that I love the fact that a lot of former staff members come back to this right. and they want to come back to U of A and to Tucson and still, you know, we all have a little bit in our hearts of every place that we work. Right. And especially uh, hopefully they have good experience here. And so they want to come back and it's a great way to connect with, you know, I think if it got to the point where it's just me doing it all and I wasn't having former staff members and friends, really friends, and colleagues that I really respected coming back, then I would be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, man. Like this, this is, this is just too much work and I'm not getting, like I said, uh, the, um, not only the stimulation in, in uh, methodology and whatever wise, but also this, the, 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 the friendship, right? We're all so damn busy with our job, much less family and kids and everything else that, 
you know, you try to connect, stay connected with people, but it's, it's really hard. So this is one time a year that we can really all connect uh, in a professional way, um, but also a, a way that's like, like I said, it, it's intimate. So I think if I lost that part of it, then it would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just move on. Yeah. You know, there's this like dynamic when you put on a seminar that I always think about that you're not tracking, right? You're like, okay, self, it's self-serving. I get really good speakers in here that I would go pay to see myself. Um, just required a little bit of hustle and elbow grease and just keep pushing to get some folks in here that I don't have to travel to see them or I don't have to pay for their course. Great. Awesome. Or I kind of get my staff, you know, seeing someone out there and speak, but then it goes in the other level of your athletes notice this and you go, wow, like you're speaking at a conference this weekend. Like, yeah, you know, by the way, I'm a big deal. Like, you know, I'm one of the best in the world to do this. You know? Like it just, you just, if you didn't realize that already and they have a little bit more of this and your coaches to that too, of like the coaches you work with, like not taking you for granted, just the, the frequency in which you're seeing you and the working dynamic of get your coffee morning. Hey, got to go coach them athletes. Like, and then all of a sudden you get a couple hundred people showing up annually to hear you speak. And you're like, they have a whole different perception of you. Right. And and then this other big thing of like, you know, this like hustle mentality of, hey, if I really commit myself, I could put on a pretty elaborate and dynamic event that people really like, that we get great feedback that represents not only myself and our staff, but this university. And everybody collectively looks at this. But I guess it always goes to that point of like, at what point do you really evaluate that relatively speaking to the cost or the opportunity cost that goes into it? And you know, I see this quite a bit and I feel like I've experienced what you guys are experiencing of like just a headache of like, oh man, not many people have signed up. We got a lot of money out. There's a lot of stuff that we still have to do. Oh, by the way, then when they're here, like just the concierge, like, you know, consigliere role, like you're playing as soon as that person lands to when they have to leave, like, shoot, don't forget, Tim's got to get his flight out here after this. Make sure Alex, you're driving him as soon as this, like all these things going on and like, that process is emotionally draining and then you got to come back to work on monday and you got to go by the way athletes i what i did over the weekend doesn't matter i still got to bring a great service to you or the stuff that you're sacrificing on that thursday and friday before it but all the while like i, I think this is like a really cool testament to that like never rest on your laurels you know push yourself i find a lot of strength coaches are getting more entrepreneurial and i look at this example as a really cool thing that we kind of look at you two guys as like figuring it out right like i had no idea how to get an llc and i was aware that existed right but i opened up business and now like that's something that's really on top of mind and i know i know i have to know what a partnership or an llc is and i had no ed education on that whatsoever and you're kind of getting a first rate education of that like oh do i do stripe do i do this different uh payment processing thing how do i collect money um, from the, the taxes, from the actual credit card fees, all these things. And then where does that money go, by the way? Like, do we create a separate bank account? Like, do we, what do we do on that? And how do we, how do we get QuickBooks and accounting on this? And, oh, there's accountant fees, all this stuff that you're just not tracking. And you got a first rate education. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, you've worked in the private sector too, right, Jim? Um, no, I just, just, yeah, I've had my own LLC now for, I don't know, 10 years. I've always hustled the private sector for, you know, dabbled in it, but yeah, never like my own shop per se. If I correct me if I'm wrong, I would imagine you would have a much better jump off to opening up a business if you ever had to, than I would based off of that experience. Would you say? Oh that? yeah. Yeah. You're already, yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're, you're, you understand a lot of these business things that were, you know, as a strength coach, you never taught all that stuff. Right. And you didn't, 
really most people aren't. If you've never been a business owner, you don't have any idea about how people just think, oh, you're your own business owner. You make your own hours and it's, you know, no, there, there's a lot to it for sure. Mm. And two now, like, I mean, just look at it from the personal standpoint of when you go meet, like you're an associate AD now. So when you go meet with ADs that are, it's all about bottom line and what value you're bringing and like, can we replace you at a cheaper cost? Like you have a little bit more of a savvy and a sense about what that actually feels like, you know, and when they're like weighing you and sizing you up, or is this, the, is this worth the cost here for Jim and his entire staff and the weight room and all the things that have been like, I can talk money. I know this a little bit better, a little bit more to me. Like I'm, I would have much better platform integrating myself back in the athletic department and be able to communicate to higher ups based off the knowledge I have on PNLs and everything else I do. And I kind of kick myself now looking back of like, I never had that, like, I guess that motivation or incentive to have a seminar or conference and put myself in that position of having to really grind and figure that out. Um, you know, Alex, do you feel like, Hey, look, I'm just kind of going through coach Jim's checklist and, you know, I'm just trying to work through this. Or do you have any kind of sense of like the bigger picture of that just at this point in your career? Um, I think I'm, I'm definitely under his guidance. There's no doubt about that. Cause this is my, you know, my first time helping organize anything like this. So it's not really like, like you said, I have any prior, uh, knowledge, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame it as like, I'm going through his checklist because this is honestly something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. I know how, um, how much I enjoyed coming out here uh, as an intern and meeting everybody and, and learning from all the speakers um, and how much value that brought to me. So, you know, it was really something that like we, we had like joked around or I, I kind of like, I mean, I know Jim wanted to, wanted to get it done, but like, I was really hoping for like, man, like, you know, it's, it's not 2020 anymore. Like let's get this thing rolling again. Like, you know, I was really excited about it. We were always asking and, you know, we have like some, a couple side group chats between, you know, me and Jim and all the uh, other coaches that we're friendly with. And it's like, man, like is Ironcast happening this year? And so um, there is really some good steam behind it in the sense of like, you know, it's, it's a really great experience. So um, by in some sense, yes, like going through the checklist of like, okay, we need to get X, Y, and Z done, but it, it really doesn't seem like too much work to me because I'm just so like, I'm so pumped up about like, man, let's get everybody in town. Like, let's have a great time. Let's learn a lot of stuff. And um you know, you're really excited to get it going. Sweet. Jim, I got one more question for you. When you're sure. done on this seminar, let's say that that night or the following morning, how are you judging based off of the other ones you've done a good or bad seminar? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, first thing that comes to mind is just the speakers, right? Cause you know, sometimes, we've all had this experience, right? Where you bring in a really high level, what you think is going to be a great speaker. And um, it ends up not being as great as you thought for whatever reason. Um, there's a multiple two reasons that could, that could be. So I think that the presentations, I think also like the feedback, the, you know, you're going to get really good feedback from everybody. Ideally that night, you know, when everybody goes out after the, the conference, Hey, you know, and, but I, I think, you know, just, the interaction between everybody is what a big part of that too. Right. And I think, you know, I judge it off of, you know, two months later down the road when somebody like we've had this happen several times now where people have got jobs with other people that they didn't even know they met at the conference or people stay connected at the conference. That they didn't know prior to the conference um, or people stay connected and implement something they learned at the conference and, Say like, hey, man, I really, I, I love this presentation at the conference. I implemented it. I stayed in in contact with Tim and 
um, I'm actually taking some of the concepts even further that I learned at the conference. Mm. You know, that that's how I'm judging it for like a couple months down the road. Um, there's like that initial judgment, like I mentioned, how are the speakers? How was the interaction? Um, what was the feedback? And then two to three, four months down the road and really even five months down the road when people start asking me in, in uh, late summer, like, okay, what's the date for Ironcast next year? Yeah. Like, okay, I knew that must have went over pretty well the year before. Yeah, that's awesome, man. All right. Uh, so, uh, you know, just any closing thoughts on putting on a seminar? Let's say there's a strength coach out there working at another college or high school strength coach. And they're saying, you know what, I really kind of want to cross that threshold. You know, what's the one thing between the two of you guys that you think would be like, start here? You know, this would be the perfect place to start, like set the date, whatever it is you guys feel is right. Um, just so they kind of have something tangible to walk away from and kind of start that process themselves. Uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll just say, be strategic about the time of year you're going to do it. Um you know, be aware of what other things are going on, especially at a national level that you don't want to compete against uh, when you're doing it. And just realize, too, that, like, it takes time. Like, your first one, you, you know, you really don't figure it out till like, three or four. You know, the first one is really kind of a, of a test. You know, just, you, you know, manage expectations with yourself. And just know that it's going to take some time to really build momentum for these things. Mm. Alex? Uh, I would say just kind of gauge interest and see, you know, what that what's got, what that's going to look like to kind of see, you know, how many people are going to be able to get out there. What is your budget going to look like? You know, how many speakers are you going to be able to get out there? Um, and really what you want to form, like how you want to format it. Uh, you know, what's going to be your target audience? What kind of speakers are you going to bring in? Um and, you know, what's going to be that overarching message of the conference of, you know, what you want people walking away with. Man, that's awesome, man. All right. So um, honestly, this was really cool. I, I'm going to I'm going to get this podcast out there for everyone listening. We have April 22nd at the University of Arizona. We have a tremendous li uh, list of speakers. So we got Andy Gillum, Coach Jim Krumpos, myself, uh, Jason Hamera, Rob Harris, and then Alex all talking here. So obviously you got two of the two of the the triumvirate right here talking through. And then we're going to get a great host of speakers. This I'm fired up about this event just in general. And, you know, one of the things whenever you get the opportunity to speak, you're thinking, wow, I also got an opportunity to attend a really high level seminar as well, um, which is kind of cool, right? Like I get the price of admission from hopefully bringing some value to and getting to learn from that as well. So, you know, that's the fun part when you hopefully make up to a certain level, you think people are of interest to you. It's like, you know, the, the rich get richer. I get a bunch of really good information. I can learn a little bit and I get the opportunity to speak myself. So it's really cool. I'm excited about this event. Um, I'm going to have the link to sign up on that. I have it on my website as well. So we'll have all that in our notes. Again, I highly recommend getting out there. Are you, this is in person only, correct? Correct. Yeah. 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 You got to be there guys. You got to feel it. You got to touch, you got to smell it, man. This life's life's out there, man. You can't do this through a computer. My goodness. Um, awesome. Well, fellas, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate your insight. Uh, and it, hopefully there's someone out there that's going, yeah, I, I, I know I got my work ahead of me, but this would definitely be a worthwhile venture. So appreciate you guys sharing and being transparent in the whole experience. Thank you. Thank you.